Hello, this is Frank and Paul's BS time. Uh, There's hello. only one problem. <laughs> Frank's not here. Frank is sick, unfortunately. Get well, Frank. Uh, we were going to do our anniversary issue today, but that's not going to work out. So we have our frequent contributor, Jane Doe, here today. Hi, everybody. <laughs> okay. Step, stepping in for poor Frank, who's sick with the flu. He has had a rough winter, as have many of us, and we hope he gets well soon. Yeah, and maybe Frank's hung over, too, from... Uh, the New Year's, I'm not sure, but I think, but Still I think, but I think, but Year's. I think he is sick. We don't want to <laughs> kid around. So, um, we're trying to fill in for Frank. We're coming up with something that we have found interesting. Probably the last couple weeks that's been in the news. It's the political system. Okay, um, two things that have stand out in my mind is the uh, George Santos issue. Okay. And the election of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Um, you want to pick one of those to start with, Jane? Well, why don't we start with the the Speaker of the House that where he simply could not get elected. Uh, Republicans took control of the House by one seat, I believe, very narrowly. And um, it's it's Republican chance to push your agenda through and you need a good, strong speaker of the House. And so I think it was for the first time in, what, 100 years, they couldn't get the speaker passed at the first try. It took, what, 14, 15? 15 rounds, man, to get it. Now, how do you think they got those rounds? How do you think he finally got elected? Uh, I think he made all kinds of concessions to get enough votes or enough, I guess, presence, whatever they call that, to go through. Uh, and by the way, I think Speaker of the House, if something happens to the president or the vice president, he's the next one in line, I think, to uh, be president of the United States, believe it or not. Um, but I think he had to make a whole bunch of deals with uh, the far-right Republicans, I think, is what happened. Maybe a good thing, maybe not a good thing. What do you think about that, Jane? I think it's a terrible thing, and I think I, I as a as a left leaning um, person, left leaning ideology, not far left, but left leaning. I was encouraged by the midterm elections in which a far right extremist agenda was pretty much. Um, shut down by the voters of this country, okay? The the voters of this country rejected the far, far right agenda. And for uh, the first time in quite a long time, the incumbent party held and even gained seats in this election. Uh, it, was, it was basically a Republican route, and it was a referendum on the far, far right agenda. Not on the conservative, on the or you know mid conservative agenda, but on the far right agenda. So what? So the the American people have spoken. So now what happens in the House? You have a tiny percentage of of elected members of the House who are in the Freedom Caucus, which is the far far right um, leaning ideology, and they and they have controlled the election of the Speaker of the House. If you want to go back one step, though, to the midterm elections, I think a lot of that was based on Roe versus Wade. You had a lot of young people out there voting. You had a lot of women out there voting. And uh, I think maybe people are getting annoyed with the super far right because they're just totally out of it. I don't think they realize what this country is going on to. But uh, uh, it just seems like some of the the deals they made were, I think one of them was that... uh, if if the far right 
people are not happy with McCarthy's work, uh, just one person can put him up for a motion to vacate the speaker's chair and overthrow McCarthy. Um, what's that about? One person gets annoyed at you, you don't give them what they want. Um, you know, that's going to be a problem, I would think. Uh, too much control uh, by maybe one side of the political uh, aisle, I think, is what's happening there. Um, Trying to think what else we well, can go on there. To, to add to that, uh, apparently one of the deals struck was that the Freedom Caucus gets three members in what something called the Rules Committee, which neither Paul or I were really up on it, but it's a very powerful committee in in shaping what the House discusses, how legislation is passed. Uh, it's a total of 13 people. And now the Freedom Caucus, which is a tiny minority of Congress and a tiny minority of the American people, is going to hold three of those 13 seats. And so I'm disgusted. Uh, and I'm not, I'm honestly, I'm disgusted with the Democrats. I'm disgusted with the Democrats on this one. Because Republicans, uh, the Republican Party has has this splinter group that they have to deal with. They have to deal with them. But this, these concessions that were made, the only reason these concessions had to be made is no Democrat would cross party lines and vote for this speaker. And there comes a point where you've got to put country before party. And it was inevitable that the Speaker of the House was probably going to be Kevin McCarthy. It was going to be a Republican. Why create, uh, why stonewall and create a situation where now this, these fringe zealots, zealots have more control of Congress than they should? Why not cross party lines, do the right thing, get the guy elected on level terms and move forward? I feel like they've set things up, one, to give the far right more power than than anybody wants it to have, and I mean the American people, and and to continue to just have disruptive government where you just have a lot of sham and useless investigations, uh, some of which are going on now and more of which are to come, and instead of getting down and doing some work for us, the voters, the, the American public. Yeah, but here's what they do. Probably their first... Uh, agenda issue will be investigating Hunter Biden. How much money are you going to waste on that, man? Give me a break. I believe that a lot of these things come up so they have something they can say they're doing, but they don't have to make a decision. What's going to happen to Hunter Biden? Basically nothing. Uh, it's just a waste of time, a waste of taxpayers' money. And, uh, you know, these people... Our leaders could be should be focusing on what they can do to help the constituents, not waste their time just arguing over stuff all the time. I've never seen so much hate between political parties as I had in the last couple of years, and it's just hate, hate, hate. They just um, they just knock each other instead of working together. You got to work together, I think, to get something to actually help the constituents, and we're the ones who are you know. There were their representatives, or there are representatives uh, on there, and they just—I don't feel they're representing us very well. They're looking out for themselves, is what they're doing. It's just a job. It's like a McDonald's franchise. You own it. You got to do something good occasionally, to, you know, to keep your job there. But you got to make sure you make money out of it too. Uh, so they do something occasionally, keep keep the voters and uh, 
and then they're on their own doing whatever they can do for themselves. And that's my opinion. Some people may feel different than that. So, Well, I'm one of the people that feels differently. I think there's truth in what you say. I think there's some truth in what you say, but I'm going to put this right back on the American public. We've gotten... We've gotten a bit too comfortable with political theater. We enjoy the 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 scrappiness, the the the, the caricatures of our politicians. If we didn't eat this stuff up in our in our social media, in our mainstream news, if we didn't eat up just the the bickering, the the fighting, the name calling, that's what sells. Stop watching it. Stop buying it. Stop participating in it and stop voting for representatives who make it their first and foremost priority to engage in. We we can take our country back, but not if we just want to sit back and uh, and be entertained. If you go for your next election and whoever's, you know, the incumbent and he hasn't done anything for you personally to improve you, just vote for the other person. Then you'll get a new person in. They can't be any worse than the people in there now if they're not doing anything for you. That's kind of my opinion. Um, but talking about setting a new bar in the political uh, arena, let's slip over to George Santos, man. He has set a new bar. He's ahead of Trump is what he is. Trump, you're number two now. George Santos is the, is the master of manipulating stuff, in my opinion, again. Um, what do you think about that, Jane? <laughs> Uh, so, Paul, why don't you bring people up to speed who aren't necessarily in the same state as us as to who George Santos <laughs> is and exactly what he's done? Okay, George Santos, allegedly, and he is one of our representatives now in Congress. Um, and supposedly he made a lot of uh, inaccurate um, blatantly false <laughs> statements about himself, his education. I'm trying to think what a whole bunch of stuff, how he raises money and kind of jobs he's had like that. And they don't seem to check out. Um, and uh, and I guess he's got a he has a brain tumor, too, which he, good move, because I don't know how you can check that one with the, you know, the, the medical uh, rights to not giving your information away. Right. So to bring people up to speed, he's been caught in a great many clearly verifiable lies, such as where he went to school, where he's worked, uh, etc. And he says that this, he, I guess, is owning that these were lies and says they happened because he had a brain tumor. So how is he then getting away with being uh, mentally fit to serve in Congress if he has a brain tumor causing him to act erratically? I, we can't force him to prove he has a brain tumor, but he's basically said he, he can't be counted on to act honestly and accurately because he has a brain tumor. And yet he has been sworn in as one of our congressmen yeah, as he, we speak. He's the man and he's not leaving. He's looking for a job. He's going to make some money out of this. And he's in there for, I guess, at least two years or whatever it is. I'm not sure how long he's two in. Years, yeah. yeah, he's the man. He knows, he knows, he knows really how to work the political system, okay? So, uh, so what do we do with a system where you can just completely lie to get in and then you just get away with it? Any other job I can, you know, if you if you falsify your credentials in any other job and you get caught at it, you're probably going to get fired. Uh, and yet there's no avenue to get him to get him out. Not when you're a politician. That doesn't count. Well, I guess we're used to politicians not standing by what they tell us. I know, we're we're I know, getting numb I know. to it. 
Well, but I, Representative Santos, you are the top man right now. You have raised the bar for getting elected. You have figured it out. You are the master. We bow down to you, man. We only bow down only to you. now you've also set the example of how to get elected. Just say any old thing. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. As long as you get the votes, it doesn't matter. You get in and it's all proven false. It doesn't matter. How is it that we've come to this point in our country? These should be yeah. these should be the top of the top of our of our citizens, not the bottom of the barrel. I think sometimes though, a lot of people don't want to have that job because they're going to get all kinds of dirt and slung on them and their families and stuff like that. And I think a lot of responsible people don't really want the job. But the one learning thing from this, if you're running for a campaign, you want to research the heck out of your opponent's background because how many other people have lied that never got caught, okay? Uh, I think that if I was running for a campaign, that's the first thing I would do. Somebody should have picked this stuff up on George Santos, you know, that he went to a certain school or something like that. I think that's pretty easy to check. I think he uh, lied about, not that religion belongs in government, but he right. lied about his religion. Yeah, and that, that does one, yeah. make a difference to certain voters that they voted for him on the basis of, who, you know, his ideologies. Uh, they just uh, they just got duped. I know. Yeah, I know. Again, he's he's the master. He knew what to pick and he knows how to do it. Uh, but it's really, it's sad. So we'll see what happens. I think some people are trying to get him resigned, but I doubt that he's going to do that, man. He is in there, and he's he's happy as a lark right now. If he has to voluntarily resign, he's not going to. He he knew full well he was lying to get in, so he's prepared to tough that. I know. Out. So. I think the the bottom line is the um, the 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 dare I say lunatic fringe on both the right and the left would not be yielding or wielding all this power if in the center we could meet a little bit and pre- and present a unified front against the extremes but that means we as voters can't punish a politician for crossing party lines to see to it that the best possible outcome happens even if it means voting on the other side of the aisle we we need to get used to that idea again and uh, and maybe maybe we'll have the rise of a third party in 2024. I don't know. I don't know. But Who, right now I'm mad at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Who was talking about having a third party? Was it Andrew Yang? Andrew Yang. Yang yeah, starting mm-hmm. a third party or something like that. Um, well, I also think if um, if Donald Trump is not the candidate for the Republican Party, he may try to start a third party. I would think that's Trump's move, I would think. Uh, and he can hold a lot of pressure because he can take votes with him, which is going to probably kill the Republican Party. So um, maybe they want to keep him. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That'll be an interesting uh, move in 2024, though we'll probably know by the end of next year, I think or maybe the beginning of 2024, who the Republican candidate is going to be for president of the United States. And the Democrat candidate. Yeah, and yeah. if and if it's a Biden-Trump oh rehash, we've just sunk. We, we are sunk. <laughs> uh, Medicare should do good with the two guys there, and we'll get wheelchairs for both of them. Though they, <laughs> Donald's got a golf cart now, so he's good. Uh, so we can get a wheelchair for Joe Biden. And uh, I think they're both too old. Um, I think there should be younger people in there. And uh, 
but that's the way it is. So I guess we're just stuck with them, whatever, for a while. I think there should be younger people, and I think if you blatantly lied past a certain threshold, you should just be out. It, because if you're not, what's the next group going to do? Somebody's going to step the bar up, yeah. There's a difference between, you know, being misinformed and maybe exaggerating a little bit, okay. But I think George Santos went beyond that. He so. went far beyond that. Yeah. And and in in defense of going far beyond that, he says simply that he has a brain tumor. And yet he is fit to serve without any kind of neurological examination to prove so. And there's no way you can verify that, right? So he, no, that's a smart move. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. no way you can verify that. Yeah. So again, he is the master right now. Um, so I guess that's, that's about all I had on my mind for politics. Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up, Jane? Not today. No, I think that, uh, that we're looking forward to Frank coming back. Yeah. And I hope I can actually sit on, on a full-length podcast yeah. at some, some t- point here and there. But right now, as a left-leaning, um, as a person that leans left of the political aisle, I am disappointed in my party for not helping bring the speaker in with, without making a whole lot of far-right concessions. That is not good governing, and that is not good politics. You know, you can bring one more thing in that, too. Why would Kevin McCarthy even take that job if he had to make those concessions? I think if he was more of a man, he would just quit, let somebody else do it. Uh, I, I kind of, that kind of throws something on his character to me because who would want to knuckle in for that? And it's, it's gotta be a headache job, I would think for sure. And uh, why, and why aren't our more moderate, um, representatives saying, all right, we need to just bring this to a close without making these concessions. It yeah. was, you know, other, yeah. there were plenty of people that could have, could have gotten him elected instead of letting this far right lunatic fringe take over. But we've got them now, and we've got them for the next yeah. uh, two years, yeah. I guess. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure how long it is. Or maybe if they get annoyed at him, he might not be there that long either. Yeah, but then who's going to? I know. <laughs> they find somebody better. So, Okay. okay. And this is an experiment, too. Usually when we do our podcast, Frank has a podcast studio, and Frank is the master of uh, doing all this video and uh, audio stuff Uh Today, I'm just trying to do it off my, off my iPhone to see how it works. Uh, tried a little bit earlier today. It sounded pretty good, but we'll see uh, how that works. So so any strange noise? The strange noise you heard in the background a little while ago was the dog having a nice drink. <laughs> okay. It wasn't us. Okay. It wasn't us. We're sober. Uh, so I, I want to say goodbye to everybody, and uh, thanks for listening to us. And uh, hoping for a healthy and positive 2023 and, uh, and an end to the, the flu, COVID, RSV, whatever else is floating around. Get well, Frank. Be safe, guys. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.